unburdened. Hold on one second. Can you hear me? I can't hear you at all. Nope. Still can't hear you. I just see your mouth moving, so I'm guessing that you're saying words. Don't be over there just moving your lips, acting like you're saying words, so I act like I can't hear you, jerk. No, I got I got I got the right microphone on now. You can hear me, I bet you can. <laughs> nice shirt, by the way. Thank you. I got it from my favorite podcast after I was subjected to hell, and I lived through it. You know what? That was one of the first times that I recognized that um, I was not a good person. Because, in all honesty, uh, Shantae hated every moment of the Book of Lies. Like, vocally, honestly, like... It it pained her to go through a book of lies, and we just kept. Let me be honest, I kept. I was like, we've already started. We can't stop. Mm -hmm. Even though that's a lie, and and the more that I think about these things, I know it's not in any way, shape, or form. It is connected. It is connected in the way that it sounds. It sounds like assault. Like I can't stop once I start. And yes, you can. We could have stopped recording now. We could have stopped reading that book at any given moment. But it was like. I don't know. I don't know if I felt like it defined me or at that point in time or if it was something I felt like I needed to get through or maybe she would work through it or whatever. But I did that. That was a horrible thing. And and when um, I didn't even realize it, honestly, until the point where I was um, asking Shantae if she thought that I should take the book of lies and make it separate from the rest of the show. And just put it as its own um, mini podcast episodes for folks who have missed out on it. And she was like, I don't want to experience that ever again. She was like, I don't want to give that white woman any more credit than she deserves. I don't want to give her any more time on my show or in my life than she deserves. Um, I don't want to do it. And I was like, you know, you said that before. And I'm sorry that I didn't acknowledge or wasn't willing to acknowledge. And this is after I was saying I was woke and I was a an ally and I was a good person and all of that. I'm still out here putting episodes of the Book of Lies out and having people come on to discuss the Book of Lies. And, and, and she's sitting in the back and you've heard them all. You heard her in the back doing the Marge Simpson groan and I would just laugh. Like that, those episodes cause real angst in Shantae. I don't know if it was like how deep it was, like how deep it ran or what it may have been, but I know that there was a point where she was just like, I don't want to do this. And after we were done, she said literally, I don't want to read another book on this show ever again. So I immediately went and found Donald Trump's book. 
And she was like, no, I said, I really don't. And I was like, oh, I thought you were joking. Again, she's telling me no. And I'm like, um, okay, let's see how this works out. So the book of lies was in the moment. It was eye opening, but the result of the book of lies was even more eye opening to me. Um, Unburdened, episode 16, uh, he's Gerald, that young man in the corner is, uh, or the young man up top is, is Corbin, and I'm Rashani. And uh, I just, this episode, we've done episodes before that have never really, y'all are able to easily say that has nothing to do with me. You know, that, that what you're talking about, I have nothing to do with that. That doesn't affect my life. That doesn't affect my world. And I used to be able to get away with saying that as well. At the very least in my head, uh, I was able to say that things don't have anything to do with me. And it wasn't until I saw the shirt that Gerald is wearing the, I survived the book of lies shirt. Um, that made me think about, uh, culpability in situations. And I was telling him about how even though the Book of Lies was the uh, reading of and the reading of Rachel Dolezal uh, and her book uh, on single simulcast. And we did it for a, a, at least six months. We read that book and we read her. Um, and we had guests on who would come on and they would read what they'd hear the book and they, they'd read her. And, um, we had just, uh, to me, it was a interesting time to be alive. Um, however, for Shante, it was painful. It was painful in that the book of lies was a book that was literally a white woman trumpeting how she was stealing from black women and how she was really showing her hatred of black women in a place where black women were unable to respond. She literally deleted black people from their own histories and from their own, uh, their own lives really and insert herself in their place. And it was a difficult read for Shantae and Shantae would, um, through every episode, you would hear Shantae groan. You would hear her sigh. Uh, you would hear what were actual audible signs of stress and distress. And I just continued to read the book because I thought that the reactions that we were getting to the book was funny. I thought that, you know, once you started the, once we started the book, we couldn't just stop and move on to something else. We had to see it through. Um, I felt that uh, if we stopped, our listeners would be like, why'd you stop the book? And we would lose listeners. I think that that was one of the biggest things. I was scared of losing listeners. And so I subjected my co-host to 
something that she did not want to be a part of, the Book of Lies. I mean, she was game for it. She was, no, I can't even say that. Because when it came back around later on, after we finished the entire Book of Lies, we made a shirt that says, as you can see, I survived the Book of Lies. Um, I suggested uh, possibly doing, uh, taking the Book of Lies and cutting off all of the precursor because we would have a show and then at the end of the show we would read from we would read a chapter from the book of lies and i had suggested possibly taking away the rest of the show and just having the book of lies set up as um as an as as its own standalone issues and shante was like i don't want to ever experience that again i don't want to go through it i don't want to do it and um the way that she reacted so vehemently about it uh, really made me understand just how painful that book was to black women, uh, the erasure of black women and the hatred towards black women that she had to deal with every single week when we were reading that book was sobering um, to when in recognition to me. And um, so, so to be fair, real quick, before you go on. Yes. So you weren't actually the horrible person because it was me in, in my whole thinking about marketing for the show and things like that. Cause I brought that idea to you, but you're not the only one. Okay. Yeah. You're not okay. the only one. So I don't feel, idea. I don't feel so bad. It was, no, it was, no, it wasn't, it, you weren't the only one who brought that idea. There were other folks who, in who brought that idea up as well. And we, we examined it from all aspects. Uh, so I don't want you to feel in, in any way, shape or form badly about it. Uh, because even before you came with that idea, the idea was brought up that we just stopped reading it. And I was like, now nah, we can't stop once we start. Um, you can always stop once you start. And no matter what the conversation is, I know that, that sounds folks are going to listen to that and say that sounds like uh, something you say to somebody who's sexually assaulting somebody or somebody who's uh, saying they can't stop peeing once start start. It stings. But you can always stop once you start. We could have stopped reading that book at any given moment. I just chose not to. And I sit back now and I think about uh, that that book. I think about the the relationships that grew from that book and the the the, the lives that we reached with that book. But I also think about the people who were affected by that book, and I have to apologize to Shantae and to anyone else who were affected by the reading of that book because just because. I've learned or recognized the errors that I made in the past. Just because I did that, I can't just say I'm learning and growing and everybody else should be like, okay, that's all you had to say. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We fully forgive you. You're absolved. Go forth and sin no more. Go be the best ally. Go be the best person, whatever it may be. That's not how this works. So even though I've grown and I see now how messed up this whole thing is and 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 how I was literally every every at that time, every Tuesday, she will walk through hell for a little while um, to say now, oh, yeah, that was my fault and I've grown and we're never going to do this again. Doesn't take away from doesn't take her pain away, you know, doesn't take the stress that she felt away. It doesn't take what she went through away in any way, shape, or form. And that's why I feel that to say that I've grown or I've changed is literally one of the most selfish things you could say. 
Like, if you're saying I've grown or I've changed in lieu of an apology, you're selfish. That's not what we want to hear. If you're saying um, I, I've become a better person because of this, well, other people have become in need of therapy because of this. Other people have become distrustful of men or women because of this. Other people have lived lives that they will never be able to repair. They have had in in, in unchangeable issues that they can never repair because of things that you had to grow from. So when men, and it's always men who are saying it, I, I've noticed that ladies don't tend to say I've grown. Men are the ones saying I've grown. And to say I've grown doesn't absolve us of anything, but we feel like it should, but it really doesn't. And like I said, there's conversations that we have during this show where y'all are like, you know what, that doesn't, I, I've never been in that, and then we just skip right past it and go to the next thing. But, fellas, we really have to be honest as a group that the idea of I've grown is a selfish construct that men came up with in order to absolve ourselves of sins that we did in the past that we are unable to really confront with women, but we don't want to get charged or in trouble for it. So we just say, I've grown. That should erase my past. I'm going forward. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Wholeheartedly. Corbin, I love you, bro. <laughs> no, it's just really, that's that's what it is. I mean, I hate when I see that. I always equate kind of how I am, and I try my best to be a better person, but I equate every ism to racism because that's what I know how to deal with. Other than that, I'm a privileged black man. I'm I'm a male. You know, I have some form of privilege other than the racism part. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if someone says something racist to me and they said it, let's say they said it six months ago, a year ago, I finally confront them about it and say, hey, man, this is real racist. And they go, well, you know what? I've grown since then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, that would piss me off. You that know- would really piss me there was a situation that I got into where somebody was literally antagonistic to me for years, for many moons. And when I finally got a chance to talk with them about it, because I didn't walk in this, I didn't run the same circles as them. They were just, you know, out there being antagonistic. When I finally caught up to them, they were like, I've grown. Do you forgive me? That was the combination. I've grown. Do you forgive me? Like, if you say you don't forgive me after I say I've grown, you're the bad person because I feel like I've enlightened and I've become a better person without your knowledge because I didn't actually come back and apologize to you for anything. But do you forgive me? Can you see what I've done in my life to make myself change? And if you can't, then that's your problem because I've said on Facebook that I've grown. Fallon says, and, and thank you so much. Y'all can check out Fallon uh, at FallonKitty.com. I just want to throw that out there real quick because she's an excellent author, like A1 since day one, um, and also because support black women. Um, first of all, she says, uh, in regards to the book of lies, she never even thought about that, to be honest. She was going through a tough time during the readings, uh, so it was one of the few upbeat highlights in her life. Uh, And it wasn't about the book to her because she just thought about and focused on us as great hosts. But hearing the exasperation and anguish made her wonder if it did take a toll. And Fallon, you're in the same boat I'm in. Like, I would laugh with all of the guests that we had on who had all of these I just want to drag Rachel Dolezal moments. But in the background, you would hear the groans, 
the moans, just the stress. And I'll be like, oh, there's that Marge Simpson moan. And I would make it into a thing. I would laugh at her pain because I, I, because I was fucked up. There's literally no excuse. Usually I would be like, because of this, but there is no because of this. My co-host was in a place of distress and I was just like, eh. We're almost at the end of the chapter. Push through. And yeah. Yeah. I've grown is a way for men to absolve themselves of sins that they don't really want to go through the work of absolving themselves of. Because if you really want to go through the work of absolving yourself of something, you know what you need to do? First of all, you need to make things peace. You need to make that peace with the person that you offended. Kevin Hart's talking about he's grown. And so he shouldn't have to go back and apologize because he's grown. He shouldn't have to go back and apologize again because he's grown. But the people that he offended haven't seen any growth in him. They just see this same guy talk about, I'm not going to mention this again and whoop de whoop and we've already discussed this. This is him saying it. We've already discussed this and I've grown and can't y'all see my growth? If you can't see my growth, then that's your problem, not mine. And that is not bueno. And a lot of guys are like that. I'm like that. My kids will come up to me and they'll say something. They'll be like, yo, and it takes a lot out of them to do it because they're kids and I'm an adult. But they'll come up to me and say, hey, dad, when you did this, it made me feel this way. And back in the day, I'd be like, well, let me tell you why this happened. Let me tell you exactly what happened that caused this situation instead of just apologizing. And now I'll be the first one to apologize. But now they're scared to come to me and, ap- and say anything. I can't just come back to him later on and be like, hey, you know, back in uh, 2014 when I got on you about this, that, and the third, well, I've grown now. I've grown. So can I ask the question, Go are we it. responsible for caring about what everybody thinks of us? Not what everybody caring? thinks about us, but the ones who are closest to us are the ones we in- inadvertently hurt the most. I get that. But so what I'm hearing, though, especially bringing it back to Kevin Hart, right? What I'm hearing is that men or people, but we'll stick with men, right? Yeah. Um, Shouldn't just say, I've grown. I don't want to talk about this. We're moving on. You need to address it. But to me, there's a caveat of that of if I don't really care about this group of people, then am I really addressing it because I feel sorry or because people tell me I should care, right? Uh, if, if, if he genuinely is just like, you know what, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I don't want to deal with this, and I'm cool with not having your money. Um, should, should we be saying I, he's wrong for that? I would be um, much more supportive of him if he said that than if he continues to do the what he's doing right now is literally the equivalent of you telling your six-year-old to apologize to your four-year-old. I guess I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I got caught. I'm sorry that you're offended. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry if you took that the wrong way. I've already apologized, but let me do it again. Just say, I don't give a fuck. If you're literally, there's people in this world who are just going to say, I don't give a fuck. And I'm cool with that because at least you know where they stand. It's the same as dealing with racism. But don't say, I've grown. And then open your mouth to show that absolutely no growth has happened. 
But then, so that still isn't just on him, though, because if you come out and you say, like, I believe that was his first response was, whatever, I'm through. And everybody just kept coming, no, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And eventually, I don't care who it is, somebody's eventually going to be like, just fine, get off my back. Like, I'll give you what you want. But is it, is it him or is it society who's saying, I need to be able to control your behavior and you need to be the type of person I want you to be, otherwise I'm not going to give you my money. Where they should just say, I'm just not going to give you my money and move on, right? Because the Always. the other side of it is people constantly saying, I need to be able to control your behavior. I like the things you've done in the past. I want to keep liking them. And so you better change. And they won't leave it at, le- at that. Because I think, I think his first response was, I don't give a fuck. Um, and I'm I don't going to bed. <laughs> and I'm going to bed, right? And so if that's the case, people leave it alone then. If he wants to be that, if he wants to be that, that dude, great. Stop spending money on his stuff, right? And then we can move on. See, but um, here's the other way that, and, and on the flip of that, when he says, I don't give a fuck and that's it, at that point in time, he's got to deal with the repercussions saying, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, he can have that opinion. I'm all for that emotion. He can do that and I'll respect it. But then he's got to deal with the folks who are like, here's my response to you saying, I don't give a fuck. And he should have just been able to say, you know what? Mute it, mute it, blocked, mute it, mute it. Fuck you. Retweet this and laugh at him if he really, if he really felt that way. I feel like what. But that's, was- but that's not the people though. That's not the people he's responding to. He's responding to the people who handle his checks. Yes. Who hope open his opportunities. So that's that's my point. Is is that okay? What you just said is accurate. He needs to be able to deal with the people who are going to have a certain response, right? Mm-hmm. But that. I don't want. I don't care about what Kevin Hart is going through. I really don't. And, and uh, I honestly, use that as this a, wasn't even in regards to Kevin. Yeah, was bigger. But that's that's my point. Is I, I don't want to stick on talking about what Kevin Hart should do. But in my opinion, looking at this whole thing about the I've grown part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a person just saying I've grown. I don't want to talk about it, right? And specifically using Fallon's example, right? Men who cheated, this, that, and the other. Um, but they're saying I've grown, and then there's actually living I've grown. Um, given an example, I've got a friend of mine. His name is Keith. We went to elementary school together, junior high school together, high school together. In elementary school, this dude bullied me to no end. I mean, just he, he, was, he was freaking horrible, and he knows it. We're friends as adults. Um, he came up this last summer. We went to the College World Series a couple games together, and we had some long conversations about not – I didn't bring any of it up. He kept bringing it up. I I was this way to you. I was that. I was shit. I was this and the other. Man, I owe you so much. He didn't owe me a damn thing, but it was in his heart to mm-hmm. say, I look back at who I was. I want to, like you were saying, I want to show that, one, I know that was wrong, and, two, I'm not that guy, right? That's – I've grown. Mm-hmm. Um, saying I've grown and then doing the same things over and over again, I completely agree with you. That's a man's BS thing. But there's also I've literally shown that I've grown and there are people who still would say, well, until you give me the apology, I don't accept it. And who is that on? Right. There's there's nuance to all of it. So I don't I'm not completely opposed to I've grown. But to me, I've grown means I'm going to live. I'm grown, not 
I've grown, so leave me alone, which yeah. I think is what you were talking about. Yeah, the, the way I'm looking at the words I've grown is if you're typing out a statement and you say, I just want to apologize for what I've done. I've actually taken these steps to do this or whatever it may be. Instead of I've grown, period, send. Like, I've grown is I've grown, period, send. Like, it's that's literally, hey, yo, I've grown. Like, that's a mic drop situation. There's no more statements after that. No further questions. No nothing. I've grown. If y'all don't think I've grown, so be it. And like you said, there's people who should be able to say that. And then you're like, I'm not going to pursue it any further. There's people who pursue it because, again, he's they're, he's generating money for them. So even though, mm-hmm. and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, about Kevin, or in regards to Kevin, is... Even though he's saying, you know, I've grown, I don't give a fuck, I'm leaving this all behind. Nah, dude, people are making money off of you. So we're not going to accept that from you. You need to do more. There's a higher power standing on Kevin's shoulder saying you need to do more than just say I don't give a doggone and go from there. We don't have that person standing on our shoulders. It might be our significant others who, if we have kids, the, the, the other parent might be like, yo, you can't just say you've grown when you're talking to your seven-year-old. You need to actually get in there and put in that work to show and apologize and prove that you've grown and that you're a better person. Um, the reason why I was talking about this, the reason why I brought this up is because Nisha and I are on the last episode of Surviving R. Kelly. See, I didn't know, even know why people were talking about R. Kelly again. Is this a thing? This is a thing that's happening now? The yeah, Surviving R. Kelly? Uh, it, it, the, look, R. Kelly's been trash for a long, long time. And, and most folks that I know, the circles that I run in are fully aware of it. Uh, there's been a lot of folks, however, who have been more than willing to put their head in the sand. So the surviving R. Kelly, uh, documentary was made by Dream Hampton. And, uh, it is just laying it all out in the place where everybody will see it, television, and here's what he did. And it's sobering. It's horrifying. It's, 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 it's tear inducing. And it's also very much making you aware of how people who had a chance to save people in the future chose not to, because again, he was generating money for them. One thing that happened in one of the episodes, I think it was in the fifth episode, perhaps, was um, Torre, who's interviewed throughout the, uh, the the episodes, he interviews R. Kelly when he was with BET, and he's asking R. Kelly about teenagers, and R. Kelly's like, what age are we talking about? And I remember talking about that on the Dream Team, um, but more than that, I remember I was reading an article about Torre and how he was on here talking to and about R. Kelly when he sexually harassed somebody. He sexually, uh, he made somebody feel extremely uncomfortable and they had the text to prove it. Uh, Him talking about how he wanted to, how different ways he wanted to have intercourse with them and all this kind of stuff that he wanted to do with them and all this. This is a coworker. This is a, actually it's, it's a makeup artist for his show. Um, and then when he found out that she had text messages about it, he or kept the receipts. He texted her and said, I apologize. Please don't drag my name. I've grown. That's the thing that got me was 
when you know that you're causing discomfort, you don't care because of your stature or the level that you're at. Or even as a regular person, as a as a average Joe, we still hold stature and power over somebody. We still got privilege, like you were saying, Corbin. We still hold some sort of privilege. You can't just say I've grown when you've done something like that to somebody. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the folks who got money, who got money, people standing over them like, yo, you, we need you to help us make money. I'm talking about the three of us. We can't just be like, I've grown, leave it alone. It doesn't work. It won't work for us. It won't work for Mr. Span. It won't work for uh, LSPN, Ricky Hines. It won't work for any of us. It won't work for any of my people because none of us are at that level. And even if we are at that level, we should take that opportunity to be better people and tell folks I've grown doesn't work at this level. And here's why. But we don't. We're just like, you know what? I've seen other people using it and it works, so why can't it work for me? And people will keep on enabling you. Like, um, hey, you know what? You didn't even mean that. You didn't even mean the way that that came out, and they took it the wrong way. And some people are going to get offended no matter what they do. Some people are just here to be offended no matter what you say. You can't win. Just keep doing you. Uh, Go live your best life. You ain't going back and forth with these fools. Just go out and be you. That's the enabling that I receive. That's the kind of stuff that I hear. As a basketball coach, I can wild out on another coach. I can wild out on parents. I won't. But if I did, I know without a shadow of a doubt that there will be parents who will be like, you know what, that rep was horrible. That coach was out of pocket. Those parents were out of pocket. They all deserved it. There's parents who will enable you. We all have enablers. How do we, as men, deal with not only the idea of I've grown as a closure, but also with the enablers who are going to keep saying it is that way, and it should be that way? I think a lot of people's apologies are more explanations than anything. Mm. I feel like that's that's... We have made the uh, apology, we've turned it into an explanation. You know what? I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Here is what I meant by X, Y, Z. Here is what I was thinking at that time. And and that is wrong, first of all. Um, we, we don't practice humility <laughs> at all as a people. Nobody wants to uh, be a humble person and do those things that it takes to apologize because you have to look what you did wrong in the face. Mm-hmm. And that is something that as men or as people in general, we we have a very hard time doing. Mm-hmm. We just do. And I think that it's also for some of us, I don't know about y'all. One day we'll talk about fears. I don't like confrontation. And if I get to the point where my adrenaline or my anger, whatever it is, pushes me to a point where I'm able to be confrontational, it doesn't last. So in the moment where I may flash, I may go off, I may do whatever, when it fades away, all this left is shame and fear of fallout, depending on who it was who got flashed on. And at that point in time, I don't want to come back to you and have to apologize. I don't want to come back face to face with this person that I know that I've hurt because I don't want to deal with their tears. I don't want to see face to face the horrors that I caused, the issues that I caused. Hey, I've grown. It's I've grown 
is literally the secular way of saying I'm repenting for my sins. Because Christians don't repent. Christians don't repent at all. But we'll say we repent, and that's what's a clear to slate with God. We'll hurt people on earth and then say I've grown, and that's what's a clear to slate with us. And pretty soon, here's the crazy thing. As far as I know, and I may be wrong, I may be wrong, but I've grown, I've grown feels like a very recent phenomenon. Just wait till it hits the lexicon like completely. Like these kids right now, my kids next door in the next room, whatever, they're growing up in the idea of I've grown. Like this is the whole thing for them. It's, 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 they're hearing I've grown more than they're hearing I'm sorry in some situations. So they're going to grow up that first generation who's grown up as a generation of I've grown. And we're going to get further and further away from accountability. This is really just illuminating to me. And this is all because you wore that shirt, Gerald. (laughs) (laughs) Send your emails and text messages to uh, Gerald at (laughs) BuyBlackPodcast. Hey, so it's, it's, that's interesting, right? So I, I think on, on the whole conversation, one, um, I still believe that uh, from an objective standpoint, had Shantae not been in that abject pain and discomfort, just the show as a thing, if nobody knew the two of you, mm-hmm. that was a very good segment of podcasting it was it was emotionally charged it was funny it was this and the other right we we all agree with that um but um that what you're talking about today is um that's the next level of growth not just for men but for people to look and say is it worth it for me to make great content when it is painful genuinely painful to one of the people who was a part of this project. Um, at the time, you weren't at a point where that was part of the decision-making process, mm-hmm. right? And so the I've grown part, I've grown followed by here's how I've grown, right? If, if Making decisions from now on on the type of content that we're going to create, that is going to involve a conversation about how do you feel about this? How do I feel about this? How will this affect us in the long run? Who might be hurt by this that mm-hmm. we would care about hurting? But another part of making great content is that you're you're never going to be able to not offend people. There's going to be people who are going to potentially be offended by the type of content that you make, uh, but it has to be a decision-making process of who who are we willing to offend sometimes, right? But But never... You know, you should never be your co-host like, hey, we're about to uh, subject you to uh, a very painful experience so we can make some good content because people will like it. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it on purpose. Right. But now that, you know, and having grown from it, here is how I'm changing my behavior. Exactly. To me, that's that's the important part is I've grown comma. Here's how here's what we're never going to do again. You can hold me to that. Um, now, I'm looking at the, the chat and my L.B., um, is like I'm waiting on your response. So I, I, I can't really say I have a response to this whole conversation because much like a lot of the other things we talk about, I don't really function that way. 
I don't, I'm grown uh, or, or I've grown. I, I hold on to once I realize I've done something wrong to somebody, um, I hold on to that until I can actually acknowledge that wrong and then uh, apologize profusely for it and then demonstrate a different behavior from that point forward. Um, not because I'm a good person, but because my brain can't move past this until I've actually uh, acknowledged it for me, right? Uh, an apology is not for um, a lot of times that other person. The apology is for is for you to actually move past it. So if you don't really apologize, you just say, Psh, I'm sorry, whatever, and you move on, you're still harboring that inside of you, and it's still a part of you. So to me, the apology is the important part. And on the other side, when somebody owes me an apology, I couldn't care less about whether or not they give it to me because their apology is not for me. Forgiveness from my side happens without the other person having to say, I'm sorry, I did something wrong. I will forgive them because that's for my sanity. That's for my emotional well-being. Once I've forgiven you and I've let this go, I can move on and continue to be productive. So for both sides of that, I think we have it backwards thinking, well, I need to apologize because that person needs that from me. No, they don't. You need the apology and you need to be honest about it uh, and real about it because it's going to set you free. Uh, when somebody has done you wrong, uh, it's not a, um, they need to apologize so I can forgive them. No, you, you don't forgive them to let that person off the hook. You forgive them to let yourself off the hook. We've got those two things backwards. Um, and we need to understand who apologies are for and who forgiveness is for when we do it so that we can actually uh, benefit from it. Um, and that that's just kind of how I function. So uh, saying I've grown, let it go, like to me that 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 would not work. It would not set me free. Um, I would still be held captive. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of where everybody who uses that ends up being. Um, you think that it might absolve you, but what you're really doing is you're just sitting there hoping and praying, ooh, I hope they don't do something with this. Ooh, I hope this doesn't come out. Ooh, this and the other. So you're still a captive to it because you're begging somebody basically to say, hey, I don't want to deal with this, and I know that if you say something, then the world is going to know, and I'll have to deal with it. So you're still a captive. You're still a captive to the unknown of that person could just decide, no, I'm spilling the beans. I'm putting the tea all over everything, and you're going to have to deal with it. So you've not accomplished anything. So I, I don't really function that way. What do you do in the case that maybe you, like uh, I've read in the chat what Fallon was talking about, um, they're not in your life anymore. I know a lot of times I personally, uh, if it's that egregious, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Um, and so you're out of my life. You've been out of my life for a year, six months, 20 years. Um, you know, your apology at that point, I'm a lot like you, Gerald, doesn't really. I mean, I'm not going to be upset with you if you apologize. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you really didn't have to do that. You're You're no longer in my life. It's no big deal. To me anymore. But I've that apology is not for you. That's true. That's true. Um, so I should just hear them out or. I mean, that's what I would. I would look at it and say, you know, if you've forgiven them, you've already done the thing that frees you. That person is still captive until they have the ability. If, if it's genuine, uh, 
that person is still held captive by what they did until they have the ability to apologize to you, right? To, to deliver that apology. Now, you could either reject it or accept it or just hear it out and move on, but until that person has apologized sincerely, they are still captive to the thing that they did, right? And so it's not on you to say, well, I have to accept that apology or I have to hear it out, but uh, the compassionate person in you is going to want to hear it out so that that person can be free of that energy. And then from that point forward, y'all can move on and never see each other again, right? But it's the transfer of energy is how this entire universe moves. And a lot of times when negative energy is created, it gets pent up somewhere until it gets released or passed on to the next person, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and uh, apologies are ways to release negative energy from ourselves when we have done something wrong and get it to go out into the world in a way that does not hurt other people. Forgiveness is a way to release negative energy um, for things that have happened to us in a way that does not go out into the universe and hurt other people. That's really what apologies and forgiveness are are about, but it's about releasing the person who's doing the apologizing or releasing the person who's doing the forgiving from that burden of negative energy. And sometimes what I find is that um, the person who was the offended party isn't even offended. I think y'all said that earlier, where it's like, you know, why are you coming to me like this? And it, like you and your friend who was bullying you previously in your life. Uh, it's like, why are you bringing this to me? And he's like, I got to get it off my chest. This isn't about you. It's about me. And sometimes, in all honesty, the apology can be so self-serving and so selfish that it'll bring the person, the person who was actually the offended party back to that place where they're in that hole or in that 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 mind space again and so we got to be really careful about how we take steps to resolve these situations or, or absolve ourselves of these situations but just saying I've grown like I don't know if Shantae was really I, I don't know if she still feels that way because we haven't discussed it since she talked to me about it she talked to me about it I put out a post apologizing to her about it, apologizing to our listeners about it, and I close it off by saying I've grown and we won't be going back to the Book of Lies. Um, But I still feel some way about it, and I feel some way about it not because, honestly, again, I saw the shirt and it brought me back. So it's like a weird thing. And apologizing, I can see how apologizing is cyclical. Like it's going to keep being a thing where you're going to keep having to there's certain people who every time they think about it they're going to apologize my mom was one of those people who was like every time i think about it, i'm gonna whoop you it was a joke she used to say she never did because i never met her think about it more than once i was too scared of the fallout but there's some people who every time i think about it i'm gonna feel badly about it and i'm gonna come search you out and apologize for it like hey and that's not positive either I don't know. Yeah, I think that that goes back again to you need to understand why you're apologizing. Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't actually, if that apology that you gave didn't release you from the burden, then it wasn't a real apology. You shouldn't have to do it more than once. Now, if you, you know, if you see the shirt and you go back to that place, that doesn't mean now I have to go back and I need to bring that person to the place with me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you see it and it's like, oh, damn, that did happen. And then you, you've you got to 
you've got to move past it, right? You've already released yourself from this. If you if you really genuinely apologize, which I was there for, you did, right? Um, which means that if you're going back to apologize again and again, then you may be dragging somebody else back into that spot, like you said. But that then is it's on you to say, you know what? It's a reminder of what was, but I have already released this. I'm I'm going to let it go. I would love to get to that point for a lot of things. Because it's like the more that you think, or the more that I think about things that I've done, a lot of things I'm able to apologize, we talk about, we hash it out. I never think about it again, ever. Because it's like I've I've released that energy, I've released that, that angst, that anger. But then there's other, like, there's things that I am looking for an apology for. And I'm scared to go look for those apologies because I know the person who did them to me. And if his response is, but I've grown, I don't think I can take it. And if his response is, what do you want from me? Which it might be, I don't know how I would take it. But here, but hear what you're saying right now, right? People that you feel owe you an apology. Yeah, my dad. But- but he doesn't owe you an apology. You owe yourself forgiveness of him. Because the apology, if it's genuine, it's going to free him from what he knows that he's done wrong to you. If he doesn't actually feel like he was wrong, then apologizing isn't going to change anything of that. He's still going to, that's still going to be in him. And it's not going, hearing it, when you know that he's not genuine about it, isn't going to make you forgive him either. It's not going to make you feel free. It's going to make you feel worse. It's going to be the like four, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Right. So there's, there is no, he does not, owe, nobody owes anybody else an apology. They owe themselves the apology. They give the apology in order to free themselves. You owe yourself forgiveness of your dad. That does not require anything from him. You can completely forgive him and move on and never hear a single word from him again in your life. But you are now free from feeling that angst, that pain, that hurt. I've forgiven him. I've moved on. I don't ever have to see or talk to him again in my life. But I'm not going to let what happened in the past continue to hold me down because I'm hurt by it. Mm. You owe yourself the forgiveness of him, whether he gives an apology or not. And if he ever gives you an apology and it's genuine... It wasn't for you, it was for him, because his soul has been burdened this whole time, knowing that he never got that off of his chest, that he never fixed it. And that's real, that when we, the idea of I owe you an apology is so self-serving in its own way, like I'm doing this for me, Um, I find that when my beloved wife and I argue when uh, I have a situation with somebody I actually care about. Um, We may stay apart for a while, but we don't go down to that person and say, you owe me an apology. If we say that, it doesn't go over well. Um, But it is a thing where you're absolving yourself. 
you're you're clearing off your board like you're erasing this off of your chalkboard of transgression you made against somebody we come find <laughs> excuse me we come and we find one another like one of us at some point will come back and we'll talk about it some more and if we're not ready to apologize yet if we don't feel in ourselves we need to apologize for anything the conversation will go and we'll go right back to our separate corners and then we'll come back again later on and we'll talk about it again. And at that point in time, one of us may come around to where the other person was or is and we'll discuss it from that viewpoint. And then we literally will just. I don't think we apologize because you're right. It's not a thing where. You owe them an apology. It's just something about. I, I've, I've actually I see where you're at. I acknowledge where you're at. We're discussing this, and I've actually learned. It's not even I've grown from this. I've learned where you stand on this, and I agree with your stance, and so I'm going to follow your stance. But I don't know if... I don't know if... I, 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 I know that there's times where I'm just like, yo, I'm really sorry for doing this, and I'm really sorry for doing this. But I don't think that when we have our bigger discussions over, like, big arguments whatever it may be i don't think that we come out and we're apologizing i think we're coming out and it's more discussing what about you corbin well i want to say gerald's right um the i think we have the apology backwards i really do i feel like we've all been raised to you apologize for the other person no you apologize for you um whatever we do to one another as people we have to deal with that ourselves. So if I can't forgive myself for something I did to you, um, me apologizing to you has not changed that. Mm -hmm. And then what if my apology isn't good enough for you? What if I'm very sincere and I say, you know what? I really feel bad about this situation. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry uh, you know, for what I did, my part in X, Y, Z. And then you're like, no, no, it's not good enough. I have I mean, said that before. <laughs> so, so, I mean, at that point, I'm like, okay, you got some things to deal with, not me. I've apologized. I'm done. Yeah. Something so. something you just said really um, resonated with me because you, you said the apology is us forgiving ourselves, right? Is it Gerald was right? That wasn't it? No, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. No, it was when you said the apology is us forgiving ourselves. No, it's not. I've grown is us forgiving ourselves, right? When you say, I've grown, that means I forgive myself for the crappy stuff I did to you, so let it go. That's not actually, that's not actually the, the, the absolving, right? The, the apology is openly, proactively acknowledging I did shitty things that I'm never going to do again, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing that releases you from the burden, the I've grown is I forgive myself for being a shitty person. So you need to, too. Don't ever tell anybody what I did. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Right. Like that. That is the very selfish. I forgive myself so you don't say anything. But the the ap apology, as we've talked about, the open acknowledgement of I did wrong things that I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to do again. I am so sorry it's not saying I'm sorry to you. It's I'm sorry in my soul that I was that person. I'm never going to be that person again. So there is definitely a difference between the um, the forgiving oneself and the acknowledging to the world I was wrong. 
I'm never going to do it again because you have to have both of them. I feel like the idea of I've grown, if we take it back to medieval times, the idea of an apology is somebody riding their horse up to a fellow knight or to a princess or to a lady or a king or whatever and saying, oh, dear, whoever, I humbly do this for this. I've grown as you sending out a pigeon. Fuck you from a distance. (laughs) (laughs) And they can never clap back because you didn't tell that pigeon how to get home. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, I want to be able to be more upfront about my apologies. If if you're, you're right. It sits on my soul because my anxiety makes it feel like if I've offended somebody, not only have I offended them, but it is irreparable. It is they hate me now immediately after it happens. Like, even if I go and apologize, they're going to say for what and make me have to struggle to figure out something. And you know what? I just don't want to deal with it. So I live in fear of getting to a place where I have to apologize to people because people are so petty in this day and age or they're so uh, wrapped up in themselves that they will withhold and and that's the other thing when you apologize to somebody like you said Corbin what if they don't accept it I I haven't I've there's been apologies that I didn't accept and I figure for that person that's like the ultimate like in your face I don't accept your apology thanks for stopping by you can kiss my ass and so it's like we're gonna hold on to this grenade together we're just gonna keep holding on to this thing mm -hmm. no but you're holding on to it yeah, I won't let you let go because I didn't accept your apology. Oh, uh, no, no. But but that person has already the ability to let go. Yeah, right? I see what you're saying. I see exactly. But yeah. what you think is people. <laughs> yeah, people, yeah. You think I have it, to accept your I'm apology. I'm holding you valid. And, and I think that that's the whole idea of the statement of owing somebody an apology. When you owe somebody something, you have to give it back, but they have to take it. Right. And, if and we, nobody has to take your apology. Exactly. They don't. And, and that stop, doesn't hold you hostage. If we stop saying that we owe somebody an apology, if we stop saying we owe anybody anything like that, that takes out the whole impetus of you got to take it. Yeah. Wow. I agree. <laughs> so maybe I've grown is the, the correct response. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It is not. You have to give the apology. It does not have to be accepted. And you know what? That's the other thing is like you said, there's been apologies that you didn't accept, yeah, right? Right. Okay, cool. But that person should be able to walk away from the door saying, well, I guess we're never speaking again, mm-hmm. but I'm free, right? <laughs> he wants to hold on to all this pain. That's fine. He can hold on to it. But I'm free and I'm moving forward with my life. Like my the apology life. has to happen. The the apology has to happen in order for that person to be free. And then it's up to them whether they realize that they can just take your not accepted, non-acceptance of the apology uh, of the apology and move on. If they feel trapped at that point and they keep trying to come back, figuring out a way to how how to fix that relationship, um, you know, that that's on them. That's something that they need to to work through and realize that you can't force somebody to be your friend. You can't force somebody to accept your apologies, right? Um, just like we've talked about bringing it back to Kevin Hart, right? You can't force people to spend money on your stuff. You can't force a group of people to say that your apology is good enough for them. Mm-hmm. 
That same, Kevin Hart same. thing is different, though. I feel like the people trying to force him to apologize, other than what he said, are people who want to like Kevin Hart, and they just want to say, well, at least he apologized. Now I feel better about spending money on him versus saying, I'm not spending any money. So his first apology means they have to do something. I'm not cool with this. I'm not going to spend money on him. But they, they don't want to do that. They want to... Well, now he's apologized in a way that I'm okay with, so now I feel better about spending money on him. And they're going to spend money on him anyway. Cutting him out, period. Right. I don't think he's funny, so I don't spend money on Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with you. It's, it's that same thing of um, I want you to figure out a way to make it okay for me to still like you. Yes. I mean, uh, the, I, like I said, I, I knew that somehow social media was back around to R. Kelly. I didn't know why. I didn't know there was some TV thing out there. I just knew he was trash and I left it alone. But suddenly people were talking about him again. Right. Um, but it's that same thing. Um, I was listening to the read this week and um, uh, Kid Fury started it off with a quote from the boondocks from the, like episode two of the boondocks from season one where Huey was doing his speech in the courtroom mm-hmm. about how trash R. Kelly is and how trash the people who continue caping for him is, right? Because he's good, so I'm going to figure out a reason to be okay with the stuff that he does. That is the same thing with Kevin Hart or anybody else that we want to cape for is I need you to do something to make it okay for me to continue to like you because I'm going to like you anyway, and I don't want to accept that I'm a bad person so obviously we've got to figure out a way to make you good because I only like good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's people just running <clears throat> pretzels around in their head trying to figure that all out, which, you know, much higher level. It's a different thing. So I just I feel very strongly that the art of actually as as we continue to go forward in our lives we're going to experience things that are going to cause things that we experienced in our lives before to to be in a different light it is what it is it happens to everybody the question is what do you do once you see it in that new light and if you see it in that new light and you're like you know what i still would have done that 10 times out of 10 okay you got to deal with that your friends and family got to deal with that you over time, you may change your mind as you experience something else. But if you run into it and you're like, this was something that I shouldn't have done. This altered me. Then you really have to think about how you're going to go forth in absolving your role in that to others. Um, and it's a perilous road. I mean, there's 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 people who will never accept your apology. There's people who, like we said, won't want to know why you're even coming at them with that. But... Like Gerald said, once you realize that an apology isn't you asking them to forgive you, but it's you forgiving yourself, once you are able to uh, confront the fear of not being, not having your apology accepted and just go forward, that's how you get unburdened. Boom. I also want to say to the listeners that we are available. Uh, Unburdened is now a standalone show. It's available on Spotify. It's available on all the podcast feeders. So you can go ahead and find them there. Um, We're available on Anchor. Um, What we didn't do, Anchor uh, 
allows you to get sponsors and whatnot. And what we didn't do was ask for sponsorship because we didn't feel like we didn't want to get paired up with somebody who wasn't compatible with our show's ideals or ideas. Um, so if you hear, if you ever hear a sponsor on, uh, if you ever hear a sponsor on Unburdened, just know that they were thoroughly vetted and we felt like their mindset matched our mindset. It's not just going to be, okay, you're throwing money to us, so we are going to go ahead and just put you in the mix. Um, Gerald is in the process of doing... Uh, dopebusinessplans.com he's actually if you go sign up at his website right now uh, you can get set up to go to one of his classes uh, either on Wednesday the 23rd or Saturday the 26th correct yep and, and it's specifically for business owners who for lack of a better word are self-employed as opposed to being CEOs who work for their business instead of having their business work for them. And, and the training is going to be specifically about getting all the pieces in place that are going to help you move from being self-employed to being a CEO who's leading the business as opposed to being the one person working in and doing everything in the business. So um, that is, yep, the 23rd and the 26th are going to be the first training events that are happening. They are free um, if you are interested and you fall into that category, go to dopebusinessplan.com slash I want in, and that's where you can register for the training event. And um, he's available on Twitter at GWJonesII. Uh, Corbin, who does the podcast and the vlog, uh, Mind of Corbin, uh, is available on YouTube. Um, and at Mind of Corbin, always looking for subscribers, uh, and available on Twitter at Mind of Corbin. Corbin, is there anything else you want to throw in? It's, uh, State of Corbin. State of Corbin. State of Corbin, Mind of Corbin, south of the city. Uh, no, I still answer to all of them. All of them will take you there, Barry Jones. That won't take you there, but, yeah. <laughs> the rest of it will. State of but Corbin. No, um... That's it. I mean, I, I appreciate this show today. I've, I've learned a lot. So, um, and, and the fact that we have a two-parter. This is our first two-parter. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want to say that um, at some point you're going to hear me be as quiet as y'all are able to be during episodes where I just sit back and listen and learn, and that's cool because that's growth. I'm growing. I'm grown. I'm, I've I've grown, I've since grown since the beginning of this episode. Two o'clock this yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Um, and you can find me on single simulcast. Uh, again, the show is available at uh, if you just go to Anchor. If you go anywhere and type in Unburden, it'll be available. It's a standalone show. Um, I'll also link it back to single simulcast because there's folks who are still um, on the single simulcast feed. Um, if you wish to check out the Patreon for Single Simulcast for Unburdened for the Dream Team, uh, for our storytellers, um, for kitchen for the kitchen sink, you can go to patreon.com backslash single simulcast. Um, 
it helps out all of the shows. I'm not just putting the money towards single simulcast people. They're all in one house. Um, and there's paypal.me backslash single simulcast. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I am appreciative of this episode. I'm appreciative of the conversation that happened uh, on this episode. And on the episode before it, since this is a two-parter. Um, y'all be good be a blessing to somebody or be a blessing to yourself either way it's so important to me um, and we will holler at y'all next time we're out peace alright still live if you want to thank the folks in the chat of course I do You can follow the show at Unburdened Pod on Twitter. Voicemail is 916-572-9016. Email is blackinunburdened at gmail.com.